0: Greetings True Believers and welcome to episode 63 of the Pull List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier and with me as always is the one and only Hector. How's it going today Hector?
1: Oh you know man I'm just glad to be here recording the worst rated Steven Universe podcast in
0: existence. <laughs> Have we ever even uttered the phrase Steven Universe here? Oh, I, I highly doubt I, it i see what you did here i see what you did hey. uh, yeah that's hey. pretty good <laughs> well i i hope everyone's ready because with the break coming up and everything that means we got to do 2021 in review so i guess you know what that means it's time to strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for we've got comic sign I better put
1: the word out get ready for the nerd out better put specs
0: 2021 on today's episode of the pull list we've got a great show for you uh as stated this is our annual best of show 2021 um 2021 was a year it it happened it came after 2020 that which we do not speak of and um we've got some comics to talk about and so yeah we're, we're not going to cover some of the news today because we have, um, you know, a year's worth of comics to talk about. Um, but I guess the only thing you need to know what's going on in the industry real quick is your comics are going to be late. <laughs> um, just, yeah. Um, some of you probably went to your shop this week and went, huh, there's, there seems like not a lot of books. Um, you're, you're not crazy. It, it's happening. So, yeah, uh, I guess that's probably our December for us is continued supply chain type stuff. So let's uh let's talk about the books instead. This so we'll is get the our Polis Podcast. Poorly
1: written Christmas specials like in February. <laughs>
0: right. We'll get we'll get our Christmas specials around Valentine's Day. Our Valentine's Day around I, I don't know, the summer event of twenty twenty two. Yeah. State anyway, of spare? Yeah <laughs> state of no <sighs> This is the Polis Podcast. <laughs> So, Hector and I have developed uh, rather painstakingly um which means no, Hold on. I
1: I I want to I want to actually say how painstakingly this was. I oh, pulled okay. uh all four long boxes that I filled up, which is a really gross sentence. Um yes. All I all four long boxes I filled up since um like COVID started. And sat down and went through all of the books and sorted them, and pulled out an entire long box full of stuff I never want to see again, and I'm gonna sell for like really cheap at a like Christmas market this weekend and um like actually sorted through all my books so like I didn't just like, you know, make a list. I sat down and like pondered so like peeking you did in the you, brain level
0: you did not sit down and make a list and check it twice is what you're saying. I checked it a few times, you know, but did, did yeah. you figure out who was naughty and nice?
1: Uh, we're going to talk about the naughty a little bit later. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, some stuff <laughs> Cole for y'all
1: coal for y'all.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the format for today is we have about 10 books, series, etc. a piece, which is a lot. We normally cover five. Um, And we're going to go kind of round robin style so that you don't get bored of either of us um, droning on about our wonderfully favorite books. Uh, I say droning on, but it's because. Oh, it happens. It happens. Um, I think most of you have met us by now. Uh, If you're just joining us, prepare yourselves because um, there's going to be a lot of comics uh, today. But that's okay because we have done all of the hard work for all of our loyal listeners and our new listeners on the things that we were like cool this was really neat and you should check it out and here's why and then yeah we're we're going to take a moment to discuss the the moments of 2021 20, that occurred and well oops um so that should be good but even better uh Hector, before the show, uh, in our Facebook community over at Love Thy Nerd, did say that we were going to have some giveaways, and he's got some stuff for some of y'all. And we have a few listeners that kind of chimed in on their thoughts of 2021 as well. So you'll kind of get a break uh, from us. To well, we're going to tell you what they they told us about, but it's going to be a good times. So. Are we ready to get this party started? I mean, you said four long boxes, and we've been talking about pulling stuff for your long box for a week. But, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Well, to, <laughs> I say that it's it should be probably three. I forgot that one of those boxes is just autograph stuff. So
0: so three long. let's 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 remind a few folks if you don't know how to do comic book math, a long box is usually between 100 and 150 bagged and boarded comics. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> I, is, thanks
1: for reminding me of my sad state and like uh so let's let's say uh 450 450 comic books
0: at, at an, an average of at, five right.
1: bucks a pop yep <laughs> don't do math <laughs> don't do math
0: math is math <laughs> is bad for comic collectors and i just want to publicly apologize to my wife and my bank account yes all right so, kicking this party off for 2021, uh, the Polis podcast. Uh, Crispy's going to give some love in what shouldn't be a surprise if you've been following. Um, but I'm, I'm kicking my list off. And these are in no particular order because Hector and I are going to talk about this as we cap the episode. But 2021 was weird um, for a lot of reasons. We thought 2020 was going to be weird with COVID. 2021 just kept being weird. Um but I have a Marvel book and I do want to just say that the entire series of strange Academy was just delightful. Scotty Young delivered a story that I didn't know I needed of basically all of the primary characters, magic type characters or X-Men E type characters, kids going to a Harry Potter Hogwarts type school run by Dr. Strange um, and a bunch of other mutants and magic wielders. And it pretty much plays out mostly the way that you would expect it to but it was funny it had heart and it was truly gorgeous to look at and you can pick that up i'm pretty sure in trade now so you can have the benefit of just getting all of the issues that came out as part of strange academy and every now and then for me for comics i just need that kind of break of it's not super serious but it's also not stupid Um, so the comedy was Scotty Young, smart comedy and just things that you expect in a next type book. And I'm just going to stick with the word that it was delightful because it was. So I've got the party started.
1: Well, uh, since you're doing Scotty Young books, um, look at you being organized and intentional. Was that on purpose? Look at you. Um, I mean,
0: not, not especially, but I literally, he, he's looking at our, our production notes and I just put them in every other order. You put the only two order.
1: Scotty Young books back to back, oh. one of each of us.
0: Oh, so. well, there you go. I Look, meant to do that.
1: <laughs> yes. I was like, wow, you're so professional, Chris. <laughs>
0: <sighs> don't, don't lie to the people. Um, Yikes.
1: Um, so on the opposite of what Chris said. Um, right. Uh the the Me You Love in the Dark Um is a Scotty Young book. While I will say this, um it has some of the best subtlety that's menacing in a book that I've ever seen. Like stuff that's not on a page that's just scary to look at, but creates a great set of tension. But uh there's only one book left in the series in the uh or that I'm aware of and it's coming out like a couple weeks after you hear this or when you hear this um and so i don't know how the book ends but i'll say this for the four issues i've read of the me you love in the dark it is 100% better than 80% of the books i've read this year mm-hmm. um and but it's a just a really twisted uh artistic book of an artist trying to find their muse and ends up in a uh codependent toxic relationship with a malevolent entity and i'm here for that um
0: (laughs) i i led with kids going to hogwarts in the x-men marvel universe and you led with creepy in the dark malevolent relationships
1: yeah dude this is what (laughs) happens when you stay at hogwarts too long that's why they kick them out um
0: that's valid. But, uh, <laughs> so that means the main character from this was the professor of the dark arts in whatever episode we're in.
1: Yes. Yep. Um, but no, it's a, uh, it's, it's creepy. Um, there is, uh, I'm not going to say like crazy adult content or anything like that, um, but it is dark and it is malevolent. Um, but it is some of Scotty Young's best visual storytelling. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just like for that alone, like if you just sit down in a quiet room and read this, you're gonna, it's gonna be an adventure. So there you go.
0: It's an adventure of creepiness. But I mean, it sounds like I didn't read this in real time. So it sounds like that's one I actually will go back to because of what you said.
1: Adventure and creepiness sounds like most people's Tinder reviews.
0: (laughs) Yee. Um, wow, how do I transition from there? Well, let's transition to even creepier still because this, I think we talked about this even just in October in general that a lot of like creepy stuff that I typically don't read came out in 2021 and I was down for it, which I got nothing. But so my second pick for 2021 is the four-part mini from um, Matt Kent called Fear Case which was about the Secret Service agents that when the new agents come to this field office, they have one year to try to solve what this, where this case is and what's in it. It's a literal case, but whoever ends up with it usually ends up dead in very, very dramatic fashion. Um, and whenever they pass the case on, people keep dying because they, they what's in the box? That's literally what happens is they look in the box and – whatever it is, messes with their world and very, very crazy bad, violent things happen. And not to kind of like bury the lead, but also not too spoiler-y, but kind of spoiler-ish, is you go on this journey and you're not really gonna ever find out what's in the case, fam. And I think that's what makes it interesting. Is it's such a brief encounter with this story that it just leaves you un, kind of unsettled in the end. And I don't think I hate that in an artistic medium like this, that it is a graphic book. Um, but I like a good story that kind of messes with your head. And even more so in this case of, I, I think the point was there wasn't going to be a good enough answer to what's in the box. And that not answering that question is equally frightening to whatever could have been fully described. Like they give you a glimpse of what might be going on, but it, they don't really ever fully resolve it. So uh, I'm i here for that reality. And it's, it's an interesting graphic wise as well that, like I said, it's, it's violent and all of that, but it's also very subtle in the colors and, Everything that was done. So if you're just looking for that kind of I mean, and I'm also looking that Hector's gonna follow this up with another creepy book. You um, put these
1: in order, homie.
0: <laughs> um that yeah, we're we're okay. Twenty twenty one wasn't this bad. Um, we're okay. Right? Um eh, that's fair. So fear case, Matt Kent, um from Dark Horse, I think is worth some of y'all's time if you're into looking for something that's just, uh, it's different, but also a little dark and, well, Dark is in the name Dark Horse for a reason. Home of Hellboy and a bunch of other kind of creepy stories. So this was just kind of a fun short. And you can grab this one in trade as well. So I, I do have a couple series here for our year in review that just allow people to pick up, do a single read and go, oh, that that was what that was. And you can put it back on the shelf and not open weird cases that friends may gift to you. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what that book was trying to teach us. Yeah. Don't open the box. (laughs) Don't open the box. Um,
1: For me, uh, going, keeping with the creepy. uh, And, you know, I've been saying this since issue one, but uh, the nice house on the lake uh, issue six just dropped. I haven't read it yet. It's sitting over to my left on my four stack high. Pile of long boxes. Um, But, uh, a apocalyptic alien benevolent supernatural book where a group of friends are gathered together to celebrate their only mutual friend's birthday. They're all assigned a uh, symbol and a label i.e. the engineer the artist the pianist the whatever um, and once they assemble for the party uh, the world ends outside of them and they're protected in a perfectly serene uh, endless Amazon wishless fulfilling house on a lake th- where they can't die And uh, their air quotes, best friend brought them there to be preserved when the world ended. And it's them solving this mystery, dealing with what's happening and processing this Um, on the subject of readability. uh, Issue six just dropped. As I said, it's like fresh off the press this week or so. Um, And they are taking a five month hiatus is what I read um, before continuing with the rest of the series.
0: So, I was gonna say, is this an image book? But it's it's not. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's D it's DC, it's but DC. but honestly, it's you wouldn't know it's DC by quality. Um, yeah, it does feel a
0: lot like an image type thing. It but...
1: feels like an image book. Um, and it feels like it handles the property better than most DC owned property or DC created properties in general. So, uh, um, and that's coming from a DC person. Um, but uh yeah it's it's been a wild ride every issue I don't know what's coming I don't know what's happening. every issue is like a blah like moment and um uh the arts it's i was gonna say fantastic the art's good um it is very effective in telling the story um it's dark but like I just it's one of these things that if I feel like a book is predictable. Or that it's, I'm hearing the same old story again and again and again. I don't care anymore. And right. this, like uh, the me you love in the dark, has straight up been, I don't know where this is going per se, and I'm enjoying being entertained. So uh, I'm sure that there's deeper themes and elements you can pull from all of this, but straight up, if you want just something to entertain you... Um, this is it. Like, uh, both of the books I've mentioned, the "Me You Love in the Dark" and uh, "The Nice House on the Lake," I've got like a thirty-year-old like elementary school teacher in my congregation that said, "Hey, can I borrow those when you're done?" Like, I'm just like, it's interesting. So, um, sure, yeah, that that that's where I'm at with that. And I think I'm done with the spooky. Maybe, nope, sort of. Never
0: mind. Go on. <clears throat> Fair enough. So changing gears, uh, as one would probably expect in a year-in-review type format, I, I, I'm going to go back to saying good things about Marvel again, which I know comes as a shock to some. But then again, uh, what book has has Hector and Chris both been like? Yeah, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm, this is this is the Marvel book. Um, so uh, shocker time, uh, Daredevil. <laughs> uh, but specifically for me, I want to. I mean, the whole series is great and. It's been on either Hector's list or my list or all of the above pretty much since Chip Zdarsky started writing. And even before then, which goes b- well back in the 2020. But CLA Daredevil 20... and stuff, right? Yeah. And because, yeah, I picked up in the middle of his run, the previous. So, But Daredevil 25 is the book specifically that hits me for this year because actually I am really okay with the reveal of electra taking on the mantle during the middle of all of this and 25 is where that actually occurs so um spoiler not spoiler electra is currently daredevil well daredevil um matt murdoch was in jail for murdering a person which was the beginning of sadarski's run last year so you know we knew that Chip was going to do pretty wild things with the series from the get-go because Daredevil's usually not that guy. Like Daredevil is that quasi-Batman foil of I got to work out my aggression and I beat people to a pulp but nobody ever dies except that one time. <laughs> um, <laughs> oops. Um, so 25 is Daredevil goes into prison and who's going to watch Hell's Kitchen kind of thing and Elektra steps into the mantle and I just thought it was extremely well done. It underpins a longer story of a lot of different things that are going on in the Daredevil universe, and that's just everything that I want from a Daredevil book is from Matt Murdock dealing with his existence, like literally on all possible levels, including his faith, because Murdock is a Catholic and fairly openly so in a majority of his stuff, and we've seen those underpinnings from Sadarsky throughout, Um, but I was just... With everyone that complains about a female character stepping into a male character's existence, just oh it's the wokeness, this, that, the other thing. I, I found this to be another example um that it's just good. That Electra makes sense and it's part of Electra working out her relationship with Matt, um, and possibly even feeling guilty about a lot of things over their history but realizing how much Hell's Kitchen means to Matt and not allowing the streets to not have its protector. So Daredevil in general has just been one of my happy places, but 25 was kind of the turning point for me this year. So um, uh, read Daredevil. Yes. Yes.
1: My only addendum to that is for the first time since I picked up Daredevil like three years ago, um, the prison Matt stuff felt weak. Right. Um, And I personally, if we were just giving Elektra a chance to be Daredevil, great. I understand that. Cool. Good talk. Um, but I would have almost rather Matt be MIA for a season and then we get one issue where he pops back up. I get the storyline development of it and how he needed to get out and everything. Right. It did. But I felt like weird. It felt weird. And I also still, I, I hate the requirement that your book has to be involved in whatever ridiculous cosmic crossover is happening. Oh, right. and, and so King and black happening in the middle of daredevil in prison. Uh, like was literally two poop sandwiches like together so man
0: (laughs) but it's it still found its way out
1: it found its way out and i'm good with it i don't feel like i wasted um you know two hundred dollars on a subpar story (coughs) spider-man um but um (laughs) you know it was it was good 've I've always included a little bit of manga in uh my pull list and even if it's not you know traditional per se it's our podcast <laughs> you're listening yeah, to and it we
0: do what we want
1: ah, ah, do what we want like right now I'm actually uh this morning I was reading the final chapter of um uh attack on Titan um which uh makes like some of future state look good um but uh so i would say this um i've demon slayer had its final run in 2021 it's not like a long standing book to begin with it's a recent book but it finished out in 2021 and um i know that with the movie that dropped um that also created a good buzz for comic book retailers to actually be able to throw some manga in their store. Um, one of my local shops, Kessel run comics actually just did a really cool thing where they bought complete box sets of the entire run that come in a nice little case. And like, people are going to pick that up. Uh, so, uh, like demon slayer to me, started and executed a great manga story in 23 books. And that was wonderful because it bypassed all filler. Like you got stuff like DBZ, you got stuff like my hero academia, you've got other books that you can tell when you're reading it, I'm reading a filler arc. Mm. And like when you watch it, you can know, you can tell you're reading a filler arc. Um, I felt like Demon Slayer didn't have filler arcs. I felt like it kept the passion and the purpose of the story all the way through and it had the story had a very specific this is why I'm doing this. Here's how I'm going to accomplish it. And here's how it turned out. even with a few surprises and twists and some great late and some great like uh, just layups for setups, the dialogue's witty. there's characters that are lovable. Um, like, uh, the battles now say this, the, on paper, the battles are dope. It's worth watching the anime just to see these pet battles from paper play out. Because one of the things is my imagination. You know, when you're dealing with black and white and just a few images to create an epic battle, and then like, uh, when you see what that actually looks like on screen, it's worth it. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. All of Demon Slayer is worth picking up. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's hands down one of the best modern mangas. Um, and uh, it was one of my favorite things to read in
0: 2021. So, in a completely different vein, um, one of the books that kind of surprised a lot of folks this year, or maybe it didn't because... Some of us saw it coming, but Boom Studios had a lot of good titles um over the last couple of years. They've really been increasing their stable and the folks that they bring in. But you've heard me say more than once that Seven Secrets is a series that you should be reading. And it's true. You should be reading it. Um the art is is amazing. It's very vivid. It's it's very clean and but it's also fun. That Boom has a lot of similar visualization styles across a lot of their books and seven secrets kind of falls into that, that it's very bright and modern looking, but it's just a wild story that it's been hard to explain every episode that we talk about it. But, um, if you're just looking for a really fun ride, that's got a bunch of twists and turns. It's a hack. It's an action heavy book, um, that constantly has twists and turns in the stories about, um, the secret order that keeps the seven secrets of the world that there's keepers that physically carry a case with the secret and then basically like protectors that protect them so they're always in teams and basically one of them breaks bad and is trying to get all the secrets because if you have all the secrets you can control the world type thing and that's the story and i don't need to sell it any harder than that because that's how it plays out so if that sounds like something that's your jam like a super high action like James Bond secret society Kingsman slash like throw in all the spy stuff with like some action and everything else in between. And you've got seven secrets and it's, that's exactly what it is. So I don't need to say anything more about that. Seven secrets, boom studios. You should be reading it. Mm. Okay.
1: Um, Jumping into a more complicated uh <laughs> presentation uh womp womp uh nightwing did not have a great history over the last 2 years um uh we yeah, had rick yeah um we had uh coming off getting shot in tom king's run we had the whole uh amnesia arc with him being rick grayson cab driver/vigilante instructor by night um and, and introducing a love interest that we knew was never going to stick around. Um, that I actually invested in, and in I'm sad anyway. Um, and now currently we're in Fear State again. Mac, Um, but sandwiched between those two things was a six-issue arc, which I'm assuming continues. Dear God, please let it continue after Fear State. Um, but there's a six-issue arc. Uh, beginning in issue 78 of Nightwing called Leaping into the Light. And I believe it's written by the same person as Seven Secrets, correct? Um, Tom Taylor? Yes. Look at you just butting up artist-like compilations. You're so talented, Chris. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't stop lying to the people. Um, I'd rather be lucky but, uh, than good.
1: Yeah, Um. But I'll say this, um, Nightwing, Leaping into the Light, six-issue arc, you don't have to know what came before it, you don't need to know what came b- after it, but I'll tell you this, that one arc, which is in a trade, is A, the best Nightwing story written in my adult life, Um. B, Uh, the best of DC as it is right now. And uh, it's encouraging. It's uplifting. It's hilarious. It's heartwarming. There's a dog, if that matters to some of y'all. There's a villain that uh, literally, like, was like, "Oh snap!" Like, literally caught me off guard. So, um, for if you've noticed that most of this list, outside of Daredevil, has not been your typical cape and tights books, um, this is a cape and tights book. But man, it's a good one, and I'm not telling you to read anything past that. But if you read the leaping into the light beginning, if you're reading single issues beginning in Nightwing seventy eight, uh, or if you just pick up the trade paperback, um, it's it's Nightwing at his best. So that
0: nice. I guess I need to look at that because it's another I want to like Nightwing. Um, but Future State and Fear State were things, and yeah, um saving it for the end of the podcast uh so rushing right along to my next wonderful pick for 2021 is do, do y'all like turtles do, do you like teenage turtles who happen to be mutants and ninjas do, do, do you like the teenage mutant ninja turtles do you or do you even know what i'm talking about well TM TMNT continues Kevin Eastman keeps writing books and a small team of awesome people writing books around him, but this year we got The Last Ronin, um, kind of a future story of most of the Turtle fam getting wiped out except for one. So see what they did there? Last Ronin, you know, Last Ninja, No Master, got it? Good. Um, But it just feels different in the TMNT universe. Now, if you've been reading comics, you understand that the turtles are not like super close to the tv show that a lot of us grew up with where it's happy-go-lucky that no they're ninjas and stuff happens and the foot clan's really kind of evil not like sort of haha evil but like evil um but the last ronin's been a really neat gritty look it's you know i guess you could say it's kind of like their dark knight is that fair cuz you've been yeah. reading this too, right? This that, is
1: this is their Dark Knight Returns type book.
0: Yeah, um because, you know, older lots of bad stuff happened and going on a a revenge style type thing, but the journey of the entire book has been the how did we get here? So what happened to all the characters that disappeared? Um were killed and you just get epic stories of the turtles that were lost. Um, Splinter's uh, final stand is like one of my favorite moments in the entire series. And I'm not sorry because it's in the title last Ronin, you know, everybody be dead. (laughs) Um, But we're getting walked through the who's not dead. And it's been cool because for me, unapologetically, uh, a good friend of mine is, you know, got to step in and do a lot of the art of these books. Ben Bishop continues to be a rising star in the turtle universe and is just a neat guy. That's been like, he is the fan that got turned into. I get to produce these books like on the near reg and work side by side with Kevin Eastman, who's been, you know, one of his, um, just, he looks up to Kevin and just adores, Kevin and Kevin's a good dude and a friend of the show here as well. And so you should be reading turtle books, like no lie, but last Ronin, if you want just a real gritty look and a really solid story with good Eastman art in it, but also um, a lot of the writers from IDW that have been writing over the last couple of years, Waltz and other guys are just bringing their a game into this series. And so, if you're into the turtles, it's it's someplace that you want to dive into and kind of get a good look at because it is not like other turtle books, but it also fuels that nostalgia feel for you as well. You will recognize all the characters, but in their future um dark night ish type environment, so it has easily stood out as one of the more interesting books for me this year
1: and uh on on the just interesting level um and this is one of those books that, uh, I knew was something special, but also didn't know if I wanted to keep reading it. Um, but, um, with, uh, the, my other pick for this one uh, coming up is, um, uh, Carmen, which is a five issue story, um, and moderate trigger warning, um, about a young woman who takes her own life and a eclectic, um, compassionate spiritual guide that shows up to escort her to her afterlife after she's dealt with what she's done. And it is literally these two women. Uh, floating around reality, like they're invisible and just kind of like bouncing off of structures and talking about life and the damage and trauma of what life looked like all with some really whimsical art. Um, now there's already suicide mentioned. Um, and the main protagonist is, or not the main protagonist, the, the, the character that's not Carmen, um, uh, is naked for at least the first three books like it's not like ooh sexy naked just like here's my body just um naked. just naked um and it's dealing with a lot of like pain and trauma there's a lot of stuff that um i you know literally it's just one of those books i didn't know where it was going um but saying this on the other side of it um five deep into it um as it's concluded, it was worth reading. Um, it's lasting, like it should. It'll be one of these trades that will, as a trade book, will have like a long-standing thing. And also, like it set up a universe mm-hmm. and an infrastructure. Like when dealing with eternity and with dealing with death and stuff like that, that was creative and um i would actually be interested in exploring more because apparently carmen was rogue and the fact she actually tried to help the people and not just point them in the direction um and like people in like you know higher places eternally were like stop doing that you know <laughs> um but it was a really good book so uh you know I, it's nudity, suicide, um like a non-biblical view of eternity and how that all plays out. So, yeah, it's pretty There's funny. there's flags that like might be like, mm, I don't know if I want to read this. But in the same breath, it's fantastic. So,
0: yeah, it's one that I read the first book and said this looks amazing, but I'm going to have to come back to it when it completes and I think that's where we're finally just about at. So, Uh, Yeah, it finished
1: like a few months ago.
0: Looking forward to picking that one back (laughs) up. Ooh, i tell you what, we, we got some books to get through, but we wanted to share a little bit of what the folks in our community, um, had to say. So, uh, Hector, as you've got some, some, some gifts and whatnot, how about you walk us through, uh, some of that and what you have for our loyal listeners?
1: Um, so I put on our love that community on Facebook. Sorry, I wasn't on discord. Um, you know, just asking people what their favorite books were, um, what they were into. And a few of your responses, um, we just wanted to share with those. Kyle Matthews stated that uh, Once in Future continues to blow his mind. Um, Modoc's Head Game was also fun. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, he says, uh, <laughs> It was a thing. Okay. He says, His honorable mention is Dark Knight's death metal for its utter silliness. Um, you know,
0: that was a crazy book.
1: It was a crazy book. Um, He also wanted to include the latest die trade in here, but he hasn't finished it yet. So, but you know, he had affinity for that. Um, So, you know, Kyle threw out that. And Once in Future is one that you were talking about for a while.
0: Yes. um, Um, It's one of those that, given the pure volume of things, that it was another book that I was like, I like how this started. What's happening? uh, I'll get back to you. That again, it's one of those that it's good. It hit me early, but I was like, "This feels like a book I want to read in its entirety when it just drops," and that happens See, I, in in comics, right? I, Sometimes
1: that's some, that, I don't do that.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't
1: circle back, bro. Like outside of The Walking Dead, um, and that only happened because it like you know I was mad I got rickrolled. Um, but yeah, oh, <laughs> so um, there's that. Um, Todd uh gave his top ten. Um which were uh, hit uh, with his uh, top five. Okay, he's got uh, Joker and Nightwing um, up top. Um, And Joker was like an honorable mention, like number 13 on my list. Um, Carmen and Daredevil, which we've also mentioned. Uh, Better A Bill. um, DC Dead Planet. um, Or Deceased Dead Planet, which, you know, uh, that was real close to the list. It kind of, I think it was ending... As the year was beginning, um, but there's a lot that's happened since then. Moon Knight, which uh why why didn't Moon Knight make yours?
0: I think just because it's a great start, but I don't want him to get lost. I think I'm still I, I love it. It's I just hope it doesn't get you're, lost. You're waiting
1: with trepidation.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um he also had Wonder Girl, which was literally my number eleven. Like I'm looking at my pile and um it was the next book up swamp thing and strange Academy. Um, and then, uh, Michael Brown or Michael Don Brown, the second states that, uh, his that top does. five, um, uh, are firefly run river run, which, uh, yeah. Spoilers. Uh, I, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> moon night number four Marauders 22. And I agree. Marauders 22 was dope. Um, and a lot of Marauders was wonderful to me. Um, Canto to Hollow Men, mm-hmm. um, Hollow Men. Alright, so Canto, I
0: don't know that book. Do you know that book? It sounds familiar. I'm trying to remember where it fell and all the stuff. So Canto II, this, this is... I, Hollow Men Five,
1: and right. then um, he also had Daredevil 29, um, at which you know another really specific book which is good. Um, and then just throwing these out there, Todd had um, his uh. Let's see. Uh, what was the other thing? Um, Todd had um his another set of uh favorite individual issues, which I'm going to skip that um just for time. But I will say Todd also gave us his five biggest letdowns.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you're not even what? gonna. I I fully agree with his list. <laughs> so if you want to hit um, him quick, we can yep. have the short version of this uh discussion discussion now. Yeah, Um, I I think we have to do it.
1: Yeah, his five biggest letdowns were Future State, Fear State, the finale of Nick Spencer's Spider-Man, Heroes Reborn, and all X-Books. And um, outside of Marauders and a couple rogue issues of um, X-Force, I 100% agree with this. Mm. Um, Now, and maybe the first issue of The Trial Magneto. Um, But... uh, Literally, y'all. Future State. Um, I told you I sorted through all my books of what I'm keeping and not keeping, and um, there are, um, gosh, three Future State books I kept. Not titles. Books. books. Mm. I bought almost all of Future State, I and kept. That. Yeah, and then kept maybe three. Um, Fear State. I didn't want it. Like, out the gate, I'm like, I don't want this. Um, read through it, still don't want it. Um, and pretty much, I'm really sick of the, I'm really sip, sick of big, spanning titles. I'm like, can you just give me some quality stories of individual characters or birds? Um The spot, like, uh, Sins Rising, it was actually one of the things I was really looking at. It was one of my favorite books. But, like, the aftermath of it, man, really tanked it. Um, and uh, Heroes Reborn, I was not even interested. I bought two issues to support a local shop, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Um, I did not even bother. I was like, nope, not not my jam. And the X books, like Hickman's lead up to everything, I was like, oh, this could be really good. And then it took me two issues of the regular line to be like, I'm good. Nice try, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Todd, we didn't ask for your <laughs> least favorite books, but man, we agree with it. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, and it's it's true. We we have ended up in twenty twenty one with a true separation of comics and state. Dun-dun. Yeah. Mentor
1: podcast title. <laughs>
0: yep. You know, w- w- we got the title in the show. We can continue now.
1: Um. But yeah. So that those were my least favorites. So you want to go ahead and hit your your next run ups?
0: Yeah. That's and. Neat. It's, no, it's, okay. it's me. Uh, and so these are kind of like the, the back half, but not the back half. Uh, and so some of these, I don't need to go as in depth, um, but crossover. So Donny Cates and his epic literal crossover at image comics continues to just like blow my mind um, that he went to all the creators at image and was like, I want to write a cross like a literal crossover with everyone. And they're like, what do you mean? Everyone. And he said, everyone. And, um, it just makes my head hurt, but it's a great story of a literal comic world crossing over into the real world that a cataclysmic event literally crossed the two worlds, you know, uh, two Ghostbusters crossed the streams, never do that. Bad things happened. And the literal comic world is existing in the real world and it's playing out. And all of the typical comic book crossover tropes are present and present on purpose. And it also is a continuation of the God country universe that Donny Cates has created, that we see certain characters from that universe present here as well. And It's just wild. It's crazy. And it's beautiful. And they've even had guest artists and writers come in for like a issue and your brain goes, what just happened? And they're like, got you. That's the crossover moving on. And I'm just like, slow clap. Thank you. So it makes my list for 2021 because it's just so broken that it's wonderful.
1: And that's how Jesus looks at me. Um, (laughs) Oh, better a bill. Um, a yeah. book I never thought I would give praise or talk to, but it's gorgeous and its hideous art, and I mean, it, not like the art's bad; it's like intended to be drawn like unaesthetically gorgeous, like it's it's meant to look jagged. That's um artistic, yeah. Um, but it's really fitting for the story that it's telling. But its short version: Better a bill wants to be loved and to feel valued and since he can't turn into a human form anymore he goes on um a quest to uh get a weapon that will allow him to turn into a humanoid form so he and lady sif can be romantic and have kisses um but on a much deeper level it's really just dealing with your own insecurities and identity and stuff like that and ship um you know which you might know from some other marvel things like is sentient and his ship loves him and actually tries to care for him and do some cool stuff. And, um, it, it's really a, uh, I'm struggling with my worth and value because the person I want doesn't care about me while someone is standing there loving me unconditionally and I'm not seeing it. And I need to actually come to terms with the fact that I'm worthy and valued and seen. Um, it's five issues.
0: It's great. It's true. So, I'm throwing in another short series from Marvel here as well, because I'm disappointed they're not going to finish it, but here we go. Uh, nonstop Spider-Man. So we talked about, you know, Spencer kind of being a letdown in the crazy that there were great little pieces of Sin Eater, right? And there's always half a billion spider books on shelves. It seems like from time to time, but nonstop Spider-Man literally is, as the title suggests, action kicks off in the first book and it never stops. It's, it's like old school Kirby. Every character is always moving, um, kind of thing. And I dug it that it was, it was a really gorgeous Spider-Man. It was Spider-Man, um, Peter Parker, high school level Spider-Man dealing with, there's bad dudes in the city that are trying to get me and stuff. And he just doesn't stop moving through. Like, I think the book's ending at five, six or seven, I forget. But it was supposed to be an ongoing and they're like, yeah, whatever, because not enough of you nerds read it. And I'm disappointed in all of you, Um, because if you're just looking for basic Peter Parker, just screaming at the top of his lungs because nothing is going the way he thinks it should. But he's helping um, nonstop. Spider-Man just literally was this crazy ride. And like I said, it's gorgeous in Spider-Man terms, which if you just dig. Spidey doing Spidey things like a Spidey can, um, nonstop Spider-Man, uh, you missed out. And I guess we just get to sad face for the rest of the year because it's not going to finish.
1: we missed out because too many people were buying like other amazing Spider-Man books and titles. <laughs> and so they couldn't afford to pick up another new book. I shake my fist. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, uh, Coming up on mine, just uh, this is a single issue of Batman Black and White number two. And uh, not only is it a single issue, it's a single story in a single issue, Um, which is because it's an anthology book. Um, But and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, and I actually wrote a devotional on it in the New Faith and Fandom. Um, But uh, Batman and the Unjust Judge, there's a dying pastor and Batman have a conversation about what it's like to be loved and what prayer actually means and um that god isn't unjust in how he deals with our prayers he just hurts oh, to right. hear from us I forgot um this book yeah um and uh i probably would have too but i wrote about it so it was kind of like all um you know uh it was in that capacity so that's um that's another thing um so yeah that was mine it's 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 a, a small story um literally a few pages but it's tom king writing um about the bible and if you'll notice this is my only tom king book of the year and it was a single story and so, i
0: didn't have one at all so take that for what yep. it is. <laughs> uh so people probably also be surprised that i haven't to this point mentioned any Firefly books, but if you've been listening to the podcast, you know why. Um, And it's because uh, Pax Run started great a year ago, and got lost in the journey, but they did a lot of cool things with minis kind of in all of it. And this is where I agree with our listeners that River Run probably was one of the better entries into it. And as a standalone story, it literally is the story of what happened to River during her confinement um, and her brother actually rescuing her. So for all of you brown coats out there that are trying to figure out, you know, We know that part of this story exists in the show and in parts of the comics, but we never really got walked through how she was rescued and parts of what they actually did to her to turn her into the weapon that she became. And it's a beautiful book. The art is really good. You get to feel out a little more of the characters and as a standalone piece that really walks us through what... They were going through, you know, before we get dropped into the weed inverse verse of the show and everything else that occurred, you finally kind of get the pieces of what conditions looked like for people underneath, you know, the regime and, you know, the evilness of blue sun and all that different stuff. So if you're a brown coat, this is a brown coat pick because y'all it, it hits some of the feels, but also just hold part of the story that I think a lot of us wanted to see here etc um so yep it's okay. it's a it's a great pick for for the brown coats and so go for it
1: okay um and on up next for me is steeple volume 2 which is um uh like again that's the Dumbest sounding sales pitch ever, but it's a, (laughs) uh, a youth pastor in a British Anglican church, um, where the senior pastor fights monsters at night in the wild. Like Um, one does. Well, like one does. It's part of my job. Um, if you didn't know that,
0: that's, that's the side of the job that Hector and I never talk about.
1: Yeah. Um, so they, uh a youth pastor moves to a small town, joins a church to, as her new commission, um, and on her way into town, but be- accidentally becomes best friends with be- what is the equivalent of a youth pastor of the church of Satan. And the two become best friends. They help each other out, etc. cetera. They both have a conflict of their life and faith where they feel like failures or frustration and un, unintentionally they swap their places. The, an uh, you, Anglican youth pastor decides to go uh, help the Church of Satan. And uh, in a move of repentance, the young lady from the Church of Satan joins the church and tries very awkwardly to um, live like Jesus. And in the midst of all this, um, there are kaiju fights with aliens and a werewolf who no longer turns into a werewolf, but instead he just turns into an aggressive 40-year-old nerd. Um, that not even say anything else. If any of that floats your tea, Steeple Volume One is wonderful, Steeple Volume Two is hilarious. And, um, but you've got to be able, I, I think I just like it because I work with churches and this is hilarious to me. So,
0: yes, <laughs> it's, it's in a, trade. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch that show either way, <laughs> but I guess I don't have to. I can read the book. So, I'm going to do that. Um, rounding out kind of the last couple of my books is Ascender. Um, Ascender followed the book Descender and I spoke nonstop about Descender and Ascender I spoke a little less about, but it was still an interesting transition in this overarching sci-fi story of man versus machine and a machine that ends up becoming a friend of people. And then we get introduced to magic in this universe and just, to the moon uh literally but the entire descender and ascender story is one that i highly recommend for folks because you are going to cry more than once throughout the entire story sorry not sorry um it is a watercolor book which is one of my favorite art forms especially in serial storytelling in all of this and other than the book just being amazing to look at, it is a really solid story that is consistent throughout. So Ascender 18 was the end of the entire series. It's where it was intended to end, but almost didn't happen, but they got through it and they finished the book out. So this is one that I say, you you need to go back to Descender all the way back, (laughs) read through it's four or five trades for Descender and then a handful of trades for Ascender. Um, but it's what I'm saying is it's worth the journey and because the journey is worth it is why it makes my list for this year is because if you're just looking for something that has exciting, but a lot of interpersonal relationships on that sci-fi journey and moments that are truly going to shock you, like I said, you're going to cry at two really weird places. I'm just telling you now. Um, And it was a fun journey and it wrapped up this year. So it hits my, spot of I there's not a ton of series where I'll tell you every single book in the series led to an ending that I was satisfied with, but Ascender is one of those places.
1: For me, I'm just gonna jump over to Robin number five. I'll say this, all of Robin is this current run of the Robin's little battle death tournament thing has been interesting. Right. Um it's been good. Uh it's takes some weird places and the I feel like the battle goes on too long. So specifically I'm gonna highlight number five. Um, which is Damien being chased across the rooftops by the entire young Bat family and being loved and pursued and told he's not a failure. While he also, like, uh, knocks out Red Hood with a hug because he says he's a softie. And um, where uh, Nightwing has this beautiful moment says, like, to everyone else, um, you are this, this, and this, but he says, you are my Robin um and like there's a, just a lot of good bat family moments in that single issue the whole thing plays out well but robin number 5 is if you're a fan of the bat family
0: collective it's a beautiful piece so my my final um for 2021 is we've we've only had a handful of entries in the series but I wanted to include kind of an up and comer I usually do that and uh, May's book from Jeff Lemire, as I've mentioned, it's it's a difficult journey of a father who's lost his daughter at an extremely young age, and he's going through dealing with what that looks like. He ends up getting divorced from his wife because of his depression and everything, but he ends up getting all these dreams and sees his daughter, and his daughter's communicating with him and talking about finding her and she loved mazes as as a kid, and he's finding all these little clues that think he thinks will lead him to, back to his daughter. So, it's a really heavy book. Um, Lemire does this a lot um, with a, a lot of his stories of what you know middle class working people going through life looks like. And May's book's another entry into this. So if you liked like Underwater Welder from him, this book has very similar vibes to it. And I have no idea where it's going yet. But just for me, this is kind of the up and comer of 2021 that I have a feeling if it finishes as strong as Underwater Welder did, that this might be a book for 2022 as well. But um, Jeff just does really good stuff handling complicated subject matter. And May's book is just one of those examples for me. And we've talked about that. I think the last two episodes at least, or at least the last two, I think book one and two have come out. So for me, that's one just to keep an eye on because I, I think it's going to be a difficult journey, but I don't mind difficult journeys when they're handled well. And Lemire tends to do that.
1: And I've bought all three issues that are out. I just honestly haven't read them yet. Um, life. So, yeah. um, I'm interested. I did read Lemire's Batman and, or Robin and Batman, and that was wonderful. Um, but, uh, and so for my last pick, um, for the year, um, I've talked about this book, uh, much like the other creepy books up top. Um, but, uh, homesick pilots, and I'm going to specifically go ahead and just narrow this down to the first five issues, which is the trade paperback teenage haunts. um, Punk rock band is at war with another punk rock band, and during their beef, they go to a house which turns out to be haunted, which eats some of them, chews them up, and kills them, and then possesses the lead singer of the punk rock band, which is called the Homesick Pilots. <laughs> and then, uh, they are the young lady is forced to basically become the avatar for this haunted house and go collect the souls and ghosts that belong there. Um, which all sounds bananas and like a NyQuil-induced fever dream. Um, But uh, it's cool. But then uh, why I limited it to the Just the Teenage Haunts arc, because the other punk rock band that got half-edited decides to join the government in creating ghost-filled kaijus in order to fight creatures like the thing that happened in the first run of Homesick Pilots. And so you've got uh, uh, a government organization trying to replicate what happened in the first one, and it literally is still even through death and possessions and all these other things. It's still these two punk rock bands fighting. And I this second arc hasn't played out to fruition, so I'm not going to throw it in there yet because I felt like I'm not I don't love the second arc as much as the first, but the first arc, Teenage Haunts, is wonderful.
0: Yeah, that's another that's going to hit my trade pile for sure because I, I need to see how that <laughs> played out because it sounded like a wild book for 2021. So, man, that, that, that was only 10 comics from from this year. So any final thoughts on 2021?
1: Um, I really feel like we didn't need big crossover books coming out of the year we had. I felt yeah. like we just needed good stories. Um and you know, what's that stack thing that you know, we were talking about? Haystack or Substack. Yeah. Substack. Um, I wasn't making a joke. I literally couldn't remember. Um, like where I think uh if the main industry continues to struggle like it does with shipping, with paper, with stuff like that, that we're gonna see a big rise in stuff like Substack and with um uh Scott Snyder's uh the Demon Church book thing um right.
0: what's it called and that um, one's on Am- on Amazon and Comixology
1: Yeah, that was on Amazon and Comixology. I feel like we're going to end up uh seeing a lot more um stuff moving out of the main culture in general and we're going to see a lot of people take this stuff in their own hands a little bit more we have demons. Um is the name of that book I was referencing. I just feel like we're at a shifting point where, uh, which is, dude, it's the same thing with the rest of the world. It's why I couldn't freaking get coffee at Dunkin Donuts this morning. Cause they're not opening the inside of the building still um, because they don't have people working. Um, I think right. this past year has shown a lot of people what matters to them and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of comic creators looked at the industry of their carved niche where people, they were told they have to stay within the lines and do this to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I didn't mean to do that either. Um, <laughs> but a lot of comic creators have been told for years, this is the only way to, to tell your stories. And I think that's out the window. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that we're seeing a dawn of where things are going to change because people are tired of trying to fit into it. Just like people are tired of working for like eight bucks to get fast food served. So
0: Legit and so we're we're actively looking forward to 2022 uh this wraps up our 2021 series for the Pulse podcast we'll be on break through the holidays and then we will return early in 2022 so uh that's going to do it for us Here at the Polis Podcast, episode 63, the year 2021, is now in the books and now in your ears. And Hector and I want to honestly, truly thank each and every one of you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory throughout the year. And so don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show on your podcasting app of choice. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, all over the place. We're on the internet. Oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah, good. I was going to say
1: but before we uh before we say the the thing oh the um, thing
0: that's right
1: yeah um for uh todd uh michael and kyle for your uh, input on that uh you each are going to receive a pull list podcast inspired it's mephisto probably sticker Pro-
0: probably so. um yes. so yeah as as we do things, we we truly want to hear from you guys, and like we got some stuff that we didn't have on our list this year, and because we're two human beings with three hundred plus comics that we read over the last year, um, so be part of that journey. We're on the Book of Faces with Love Thy Nerd, and we're also on the Love Thy Nerd Discord server, so participate as well. So rate, review the show, participate. You could win stickers. You can run around and tell people that it's Mephisto, probably, and. So we're getting ready for that break. But don't worry, we too shall return. This is the Pull List Podcast to be continued 2022. Thanks for listening, and remember, kids, read more comics. I'm going to take all seven
1: continents of the game of Risk. As the master of epic duels. I can feel your anger. and gives you focus.